uncertainty is the prerequisite of success. And how do we become certain at something? It's simply by learning from somebody that already is certain. Find yourself a mentor. You need somebody to help you figure out what your goals are, what the strategies are going to take to hit those goals and targets, and then have somebody help you execute that blueprint all the way through. Tell me and I'll forget. Teach me and I'll remember. Involve me and I'll learn. When we think about everything that we currently know right now, it's typically not when somebody just told us something or when we wrote it down. It's when we were forced to get involved in the process is how we truly learn. That's the voice of Mike Vega, someone who has had real-world success across multiple different industries. Mike's success in Cutco and later in medical equipment sales led him into opportunities with real estate investing, where his proven results enabled him to start teaching others. Eventually, Mike started his own company to help established real estate investors build a coaching vertical to share their success with others. Mike has been both a mentee and a mentor in his life, and he has learned and practiced the skills to succeed in the real world. I know you'll get some tangible value from hearing my conversation with Mike Vega. Welcome to Changing Lives, Selling Knives. I'm your host, Dan Cassetta. There's a generation of entrepreneurs and business leaders out there right now who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills that they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from Cutco's most prominent alumni and current leaders. On this show, you'll meet successful entrepreneurs, best-selling authors, superstar business executives, and transformational leaders from many walks of life. All our guests will have two things in common. One, they're all changing lives today through their work and their influence. And two, they all started out selling Cutco knives when they were younger. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real-world concepts for business and life. Through hearing real-life stories and hands-on experiences, you'll gain insights that can help you in whatever it is that you do in life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's episode. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. I have a fantastic guest for you today. His name is Mike Vega. Mike sold Cutco back in 1997, 98, 99. He was going to college at the University of Central Florida, uh, sold Cutco there in the Orlando area. Uh, After college, uh, Mike got into a career in medical equipment and device sales. Uh, That led him into an opportunity to work with a real estate investment training company. We're going to talk about both those stops in Mike's career as we go along today. Uh, Now, Mike has founded and runs his own company called Unfair Advantage Events. Uh, He helps business experts build and operate an education vertical for their investment business. His two kids have both sold Cutco. They worked with Mike Abramowitz, uh, who is a current Cutco legend. Uh, And Mike Abramowitz suggested uh, Mike Vega here as a guest said he's an awesome guy that would be cool to, to introduce to the Cutco audience. So thanks to Mike Abramowitz for the introduction. 
Thanks, Mike Vega, for making time for the podcast. Thanks, Welcome. Dan Cassetta. Looking forward to, uh, to this interview. Thank you. Uh, all right. Great. Well, let's uh, start by having the audience get to know you a little bit, Mike. Well, I um, again, my name is Mike Vega, and I live here in Tampa, Florida. I didn't, I uh, wasn't born and raised here. Uh, you wouldn't know it by looking at my skin, but uh, my dad is Dominican, and I was actually born in Cadiz, Spain. He wow. went to medical school uh, in Spain. He convinced my my mom, who was about as American as apple pie, to go over there with him, not knowing any Spanish. And uh, they lived there for seven years. And I was born there. My brother was born there. And then uh, when he went into residency, we went to uh, New Orleans. Uh, oh. and then I got here in about 1984 in about second grade. And I've just been kind of hovering around Tampa, Orlando, Fort Myers ever since. But I'm back in Tampa and I'm, I'm here to stay. How old were you when you moved from Spain to the U.S.? About two and a half. Okay. So very young. And then you said a little later, second grade, you guys relocated over to Florida. We, yeah, we relocated uh, from Spain to New Orleans. And then by second grade, I was in Tampa. Okay, cool. Now, how did you end up uh, getting connected with Cutco? So I went to, uh, I went to the University of Central Florida and... You know, I went to UCF uh, majoring in communications. I thought I wanted to be in broadcasting. I thought I wanted to be on the radio. My aunt is a famous DJ up in the Maryland, Baltimore, Maryland, 98 Rock. Her name is Sarah Fleischer. And she was the DJ there for, uh, from 1977 until about five years ago. They called her Queen of Rock and Roll. So I was always just fascinated by radio. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to get into broadcasting. And then about, about a year into that major, I thought, you know what? I, I'm not sure if I want to bounce around from small market to small market and, you know, God forbid, ended up in like Paducah, Kentucky or something like that for the rest of my life. Nothing against Paducah, guys. It's, uh, it's just, uh, you know, it's just out there for me. But, you know, I, I, I just didn't think that that's something that I wanted to do. And back in the mid-90s, uh, pharmaceutical rep was like the big rage. Do you remember that, Dan? I do. It was, yep. like, it was huge, you know, and my dad being a physician, I thought it might be a perfect fit, you know, and back then you were going to get the company car, you were going to get the expense account, you were going to get the beeper. And <laughs> <laughs> at that point, I didn't have any type of sales experience whatsoever. Uh, so I remember just, uh, driving and I saw a little bandit sign and I can't remember what the amount was, but it was like triple what minimum wage was at that time. When I went in and there was a big group of people being interviewed and then they kept the people that were going to be uh, hired. They let us know that we had to make an investment into a sample kit and the number $187 really resonates and as soon as some people heard that, they said, oh, this is a scam. And they left. And I thought to myself, you know what? I, I heard Ben Franklin say this, or I, I read a quote, Ben Franklin, and it said, the best investment one can make is in themselves, because that's the investment that's going to pay the best interest. So I said, you know what? I don't have any sales skills. Let me invest in myself and let's see where this goes. And one of the best decisions I ever made in my life. Yeah. Awesome. I can remember a similar circumstance. We, we both started in Cutco back in the days when there was a sample kit that you had to purchase. That's not the case anymore. But uh, it was 
back then. Um, and it was fully refundable if you return the kid at the end, you know, so it wasn't like we were, people were out the money if they didn't succeed, but that was a hurdle. You know, I had to ask my mom to help me with the money and, you know, they, they kind of, she kind of laughed at me at first, like, oh, you can't do something like that. And I convinced her that it was worth a try because of the experience I would gain precisely what you were saying, that getting some sales experience under your belt would be valuable that's exactly why I ended up starting the job as well back when I was a, a student also. What, uh, Mike, were some of the experiences that stand out for you from selling Cutco and some of the lessons that came out of those? Well, I started to realize pretty quickly with enough rapport over the phone, Dan, that uh, strangers will let you in their house with knives. I think that was probably the most important lesson that I learned is that when you've got rapport and and you've got a good product and the fact that people want to help, they genuinely want to help you. You know, you're a young person, uh, typically we're college or high school when we start Cutco and they want to, they want to do what they can to kind of, uh, to help you. And if anything, they'll just say, you know, just come on into the house not going to buy anything, but if this will help you out, I'm, I'm happy to do that. But then of course the product just takes over and you're selling a ton of product and they couldn't be happier and they're referring you to their friends. So that's really something that I took from their time management. Of course, when you're taking college courses and you're working and it's not the typical work environment, most of my friends were waiting tables or they had kind of a, not a nine to five, but but definitely a, a structured part-time job. And uh, where this, if you don't have your time management, and if you're not committed uh, and to be a self-starter, you're not going to make it past week one. So mm-hmm. I learned that early and it's something that I uh, still take with me today. Yeah. I-, I love what you said about you know be- being able to build rapport and getting appointments. The skill of just opening doors is such a valuable skill. In this day and age, Cutco reps are doing their appointments mostly virtually. And so it's not getting into the customer's house, but it's still having that customer say yes to, okay, I'll listen to you. Okay, I'll spend some of my time with you. And being able to connect with someone in a way that opens them up to that sort of opportunity is extremely valuable for so many things in life. So it's a great you know, starter skill that people gain right when they right when they get started with Cutco. It's so true. You know, I've gotten so much business through Cutco and everything else I've done with people that kept saying they didn't want to buy anything. And and that was fine. I just asked them to be open to a conversation. And just the fact that they're open, then they can let down their guard. Uh, they know there's not going to be any type of pressure and then just uh, let your sales skills and the product take over. Yeah, exactly. And then, of course, that time management lesson that you described, that's a universal skill that's necessary in anything that we do. And uh, it's critical to be able to learn how to prioritize and how to stay focused on the things that are actually moving the needle for you in your business or in your life. And uh, in Cutco, we, we teach people some of these very basic tips of scheduling that, that uh, apply to anything down the road and definitely give them that foundation for, for being successful and managing different types of things all at once. Another thing that I, I learned, which has been extremely important and started with Cutco was the art and the timing of the upsell. Mm-hmm. 
the art and the timing of the upsell. I mean, you can increase your order size, you know, 30, 40, 50% when it's done right, when it's positioned right. And, you know, that doesn't happen on your first few months of appointments. You, you're just trying to get through it without sweating. You're trying to get through it without cutting yourself or accidentally cutting them or getting tomato on the floor. But you start to learn that in your presentation, you know, with, after a number of presentations starts to become polished and shined and you start to be able to read their body language. And when you try something new, if they look confused, well, you know, probably don't do that next time. If you say something on your next presentation and they light up instinctively, you're going to keep that and you're going to use it in your next presentation. And that continues to get sharper and sharper and sharper. Yeah, I love that, Mike. There's a feel that you develop through practicing the sales process, you know, hundreds of times, which our sales reps get the chance to do. And when you when you develop that feel, you understand, you know, when to be able to go for the upsell and how to avoid the flip side of that, which I think is overselling. I was describing to one of my neighbors just the other day how somebody came to our house and wanted to suggested some different paving that we could do. And, you know, I asked for, you know, could they build a staircase down from our front door down to the street? And they completely oversold, like they designed this like ornate, crazy thing. It was, this was sort of like an afterthought that I had after a lot of the main things I wanted done. And they designed this crazy thing that was like way too expensive and they oversold and they, they lost the whole deal because to me, they just oversold instead of being able to have the right feel, what is this customer looking for? What do they need that I can get to them You know, right off the bat? What agreement can we come to right off the bat for something? And then we can kind of build off of that, right? And so being able to have that feel for selling is so valuable. And I know that's something you gain through you know, having worked here for three years, you know, doing lots and lots of presentations. Yeah, you and I, uh, because of this, know that feel. Uh, unfortunately, the guy that was quoting you, the papers, had that smell. The smell that you had fat pockets, Dan. <laughs> that, that does happen. I, I was also saying to my neighbor, I think there's a price for our zip code and then there's a price for other zip codes. And, you know, uh, <laughs> it happens. That's cool. It's some good lessons there that you gained during those early days, Mike. So then you got into uh, selling medical equipment and medical uh, devices. Uh, Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I initially went through Cutco, like I said, because I thought I wanted to be a pharmaceutical rep. And then after three years of being diligent with Cutco and going into the assistant management program and, you know, everything that comes along with that, I built uh, such a strong resume. I completely leapfrogged over pharmaceutical sales and I got hired by the nation's leading uh, medical supply equipment device company. It was called Physician Sales and Service at that time, which is they, it, they were a publicly traded company. They were the 800 pound gorilla um, in Florida and nationwide, actually. And a few years ago, McKesson actually uh, absorbed them. They became the 800 pound gorilla. But yeah, it got me uh, my foot in the door uh, in medical sales. And my first territory was Seattle, Washington. So I, mean, I graduated college uh, at end of 99. And for a couple months, I was just living back at my parents' house while I was nailing down this particular job and career. And then they said, all right, you're hired and you are going to go to Seattle. 
And I thought, wow, that's, I never even considered Seattle. Even living there, I have no idea what's going on in Seattle except the Supersonics and the Mariners. That is all I knew. Uh, and, you know, the Seahawks, that's all I knew about Seattle and it rained. That's it. But I had a little surprise right before I was getting into that rider truck with my Corolla on the back. And that was the fact that my girlfriend was pregnant. And my girlfriend was uh, in pharmaceutical school up in the panhandle of Florida. She was uh, studying to be a pharmacist. And I said, uh, wow, this is big, you know, and I'm going to have five days on the road to think about what my new life is going to look like with a child. <laughs> on and thank God it was a woman that I loved dearly. And uh, we were planning on getting married at some point, sometime after pharmacy school. But this kind of sped it up a little bit. But uh, I got to Seattle while she was still in uh, FAMU pharmacy school and getting really excited about starting our family over on the West Coast. And I'm telling her, hey, go to your admissions office, ask what it's going to take to get your credits transferred. And we had all these big plans. And she called me a couple of days later and she was crying. And I said, well, what's wrong? She said, I, I, I can't come over. And I said, well, why is that? She said, not all of my credits will transfer and I'll have to redo my second year. And apparently in pharmacy, the second year is the toughest year. So, you know, after I blazed that virgin territory and, and got a little bit of clout, I called the home office and I said, hey, guys, it's Mike Vega, you know, the, the rookie in Seattle, uh, blazing that virgin territory, doing so well for you. Listen, I got a, got a request. I need to get back to Florida. And they said, well, why? I said, well, I've got these specific set of circumstances. They said, Mike, you know, we're headquartered in Florida. All of our hires come from Florida. You don't think every one of the people that we hire would like to get back to Florida? And then I just got on my knees and I begged, please, please. And they said, all right, we'll get back to you. And about a day later, they said, we've got a territory for you. And I said, great. Where is it? And they said, it's Fort Myers in Cape Coral, Florida. Now, keep in mind, I only live two hours north of Fort Myers, Cape Coral, Florida for my, most of my life. And I had never heard of either one of these two places. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, great. That works out great. And that took my rider truck with my Corolla on the back. And uh, in the second time in a six-month period, I, uh, I drove my... I drove, I drove that truck all the way back down and I planted myself there. Wow. And, uh, so you busted your butt in Seattle for six months to achieve yep. enough to be able to have the opportunity to, to get back to Florida. Exactly. Wow. And Fort Myers, Cape Coral, I, I understand. I've never been to those places either. I understand there are significantly growing areas today. 20 years ago, maybe it was a little bit different. It was, but because there's an older population down there, it ended up being a really great opportunity. And it, the timing was just right where the, the rep before me had some other opportunity and it just, it just fell perfectly. And I'm really glad that that happened. Outstanding. Outstanding. So how'd you do uh, with the uh, medical device business there in Fort Myers, but, Cape Coral? Yeah. A top 10 rookie out of, uh, out of a, a good number. I think of, you know, top 10% of the rookies, something like that. And, you know, grew the business, grew the territory. But I really started to get into real estate investing at that time. So I started making a lot of money with medical sales in my mid-20s. And I had read Rich Dad, Poor Dad right when I was in 
a Cutco, like in 97, 98 when I was in college. And so I always had it in the back of my mind. I had this entrepreneurial spirit, like most of us do, that's Cutco, as Cutco reps or just self-starters in general. But I, I read that book and I, I started to invest in real estate. And unbeknownst to me, the largest real estate investment organization in the country, actually in North America, was headquartered right there. And at that time, it was called the Whitney uh, Organization, Whitney Education Group, which later then became uh, the Rich Dad Education Group. Yeah. So I'm, I'm familiar with this. This Russ Whitney's company that you started with back that w- when you first started with it. And yeah, it became Rich Dad Education. Tell us about how that switch unfolded for you and, and what your experience was like there. Yeah. So I was, uh, I was doing a lot of deals and I, I didn't realize that I had a friend that worked for the organization, a friend from college, and he lived down there and we met up. We just kind of found each other at the beach. I said, oh, Mark, yeah, geez, I didn't know you lived down here. And we kind of just kind of caught up and I told him what I was doing. He told me what he was doing. And he said, you know, Mike, I think that you'd be a great fit working uh, where I work and I'm going to have them reach out to you. And they did. And they looked at uh, my qualifications, what I'd accomplished. And they said, we'd like to hire you as an advisor uh, in the company. And I thought, you know what? I've got a big decision to make here because on one hand, uh, in my mid twenties, you know, most people would give their left arm to be in medical sales. But on the other hand, uh, I can surround myself with some of the most knowledgeable people in the world at something that I'm really passionate about. And I took that opportunity. I find it really cool, Mike, that you that you had the courage to take such a risk uh, to leave medical device sales at a young age. That, in general, is a career that can be very lucrative for many people. I think it's a gallant career in that you're typically selling products that are helping people, saving lives. And it's an excellent career path for a lot of people. And you gave that up at a young age uh, to get into you know, real estate investment training. That took a lot of courage to be able to do. How did that unfold for you? Well, when, when I'm with PSS, a physician sales and service, we're selling all sorts of stuff, not just device, but we're selling equipment, we're selling supplies. So there's a consultative feel for what we do because we're consulting the physicians and we're saying, you know, how many of these tests are you currently sending out to a lab? Did you know that insurance is paying such and such amount? If you buy this particular piece of equipment, bring it in-house, you could raise your bottom line by such and such amount of dollars. When I went over to real estate and real estate investment training, I started to also take that consultative kind of feel and it just expanded it to working with people that were looking to either get into real estate investment and they want to be trained or people that are already doing it and want to do it a lot better and more efficiently. And then again, that kind of consultant comes out while we're showing them how that can be done. Right. That, that's awesome. The, the consultative feel. I think for anyone in selling, if you can create that feeling of being a consultant and not a salesperson, that vibe with the customer is very important. So it's cool that you're able to, to make that happen. It, it is. It, it is. And you know, when we look at sales, sometimes people get so deep into what sales is, what sales is. And if you boil it down, all sales is, is identifying the pain and providing a solution. And if you can keep it as simple as that, while building great rapport, no like, and trust, 
you have a really successful career in anything that you're selling. Exactly. That was a uh, important quote right there. The idea that sales is about identifying the pain and then providing a solution. In essence, that's that's what we do in influencing anyone anywhere. We're trying to find an area where maybe there's not necessarily what they would consider to be pain, but there's a want for something more or a want for something different. And we're providing what that opportunity is. And we're helping lead people into that. And that applies to selling. It applies to uh, influencing, motivating, and inspiring people as a leader. It really uh, applies in, in virtually every area of life. What are a couple of the core principles you could share with the audience about building wealth through real estate? The first one, I would say that certainty is the prerequisite of success. And how do we become certain at something? It's simply by learning from somebody that already is certain. So a principle and something that I I live by Uh, And I also sell the consulting is find yourself a mentor, preferably in the local market that you're going to be investing in. And more likely than not, you want to invest in that mentor. You want to pay that mentor because now you've got them. Now they have every incentive to make you successful and you can hold them accountable. It's not Mm -hmm. just your uncle that you're just getting some advice from because you're going to need to sit down and you're going to need somebody to be there for you and with you as you're going through all these hurdles and pitfalls. So just a quick text for an answer from your uncle is not going to help. You need somebody to help you sit down, figure out uh, what your goals are, what the strategies are going to take to hit those goals and targets, and then have somebody help you execute that blueprint all the way through. You know, another Ben Franklin quote is, tell me and I'll forget. Teach me and I'll remember involve me and I'll learn. And when we think about everything that we currently know right now so well, like we know with like the back of our hands, it's typically not when somebody just told us something or when we wrote it down. It's when we were forced to get involved in the process, Dan, is how we truly learn. Mm. That's awesome. That's awesome. How when you were working with the uh, real estate investment training, what was that process like? Like, how did you teach and involve uh, the customers, the clients in the process? So typically, if somebody is was interested, at least with the company that I was with back then, they would come to a free training and about a 90-minute training. And that was just enough for somebody to understand whether or not this might be for them. Then they would invest in themselves for a three-day training. And three-day trainings were very strong, very intensive. But just like to become a successful doctor, a successful lawyer, a successful anything, you need more than three days of training. And for those that were serious enough about it, they would make a much larger investment into themselves for major courses, a mentor to come into their local market, investing with them. So there's about as much training as somebody would like to invest in that that we could offer them. It just depends on where they were in the process. Were they new, a current investor? Were they somebody that used to invest and now doesn't know maybe the marketing techniques or some better and newer strategies that they could use for the the current market? So we, we, we got all types. Yeah, for a lot of people, uh, the the road to real estate investment success definitely involves having a mentor or getting involved in a partnership. 
where somebody who's an expert is doing a lot of the work and kind of helping you know you see how it how it works you're bringing in the dollars but somebody that knows what they're doing is guiding the entire process and you're benefiting from that i think that's a great way for a lot of people to get involved into uh this this concept of real estate investing so it's cool now your company now is called unfair advantage events uae all right tell us about tell us about what you do Yeah, so we're a consulting company, and what we do is we take business experts. Most of the time, it's real estate uh, investment experts, people that have been in their local area investing for a long time. They're kind of big dog in their area, uh, anywhere USA, and we help them build a coaching and consulting vertical to their business uh, where they can then teach their students, invest with their students, and split deals, bringing more money to their original existing business and helping people succeed along the way. That's so cool because anybody who's successful in real estate investing, normally people know like, oh, this person has 50 rentals or 100 rentals or 500 rentals. And I've had a few guests on the podcast that have uh, you know, portfolios like that. And those people are probably asked all the time, how do you do it? Right. So the, the idea of building a coaching vertical uh, right in tandem with their actual investment business, where they can be sharing what they're learning with other people, it makes a whole lot of sense. It, it makes even more sense when you realize that our average client uh, adds seven figures at uh, minimum seven figures to their bottom line uh, in their first year by just doing four live trainings. So typically, yeah, they're they're putting about a million dollars uh, to their bottom line, and then the next year's even more if they want to add a few trainings. But it takes work on their part. It certainly takes work on the students' part. But if everybody is in and they meet each other halfway, it's a, just an incredible relationship. Yeah, that sounds great. What's the biggest challenge of the role that you have now? I think the biggest challenge anytime that you're selling consulting is trying to make sure that the person that is wanting to do the consulting or that you are speaking to and and explaining what the consulting is going to do, they could be all excited that day, but then they will let life get in the way. They don't make it a priority. And this is not a situation where you're going to cross your fingers, sit on the couch and houses are going to start falling out of the sky. You have to do the work and it's not done for you. It's not automatic, but we're teaching you a skill, systems and processes that you're going to have for the rest of your life, right? It doesn't matter if you're investing in the most expensive neighborhood in Silicon Valley or you're investing in Paducah, Kentucky, you're going to have it forever. But some people will invest that money and they'll just give it that much of a percentage of effort. And that's frustrating, but uh, that just comes with any type of consulting that's being sold. The effort has got to be there. Most of the people that we work with put in massive effort, and because of that, they see massive results. Yeah, that's cool. And what gifts or blessings have come your way during this crazy year of 2020? Kept our health. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we've kept our health. We have, gosh, I'm I'm so blessed, Dan. We've got two children, two wonderful children that uh, they're now in college. Our son uh, was the last one to, to leave. They're one year apart, so he's a freshman up in Tallahassee. My daughter is a sophomore at UCF. And, but during the pandemic, as far as what kind of blessings have come my way in business, 
uh, I was approached by uh, a dear friend who has the largest home buying business in Minnesota. Uh, he buys about, his company buys about 300 homes per year uh, in order to optimize or rehab and then put it back in the market. And they were ready to start a, a Tampa office. So uh, he offered uh, that he, he offered my partner and I, and he said, would you guys like to buy into the company and start the Tampa office? And we did that. We started about a month ago. Things are really rolling and uh, our billboards are about to go up here and uh, <laughs> we're about to uh, take this whole uh, area by storm. So uh, that's a long-term play. Very excited. And, you know, that's just a, that's a blessing that's come through COVID because I'm not sure if we would have taken that opportunity if we weren't barred from doing live events for those six months because there was a lockdown, you know, so we wanted to exactly. say that you know, we needed to diversify, we needed to hedge, and it was just the perfect opportunity. And it's called Homestead Road. Yeah, that, it's so great. You know, you, you, you couldn't do live events. Boom, you found another answer. And who knows what that's going to turn into. But with your success you've had, I'm sure this is going to turn into something amazing and great as well. And both your kids sold Cutco, is that right? Both my kids sold Cutco. My daughter, Deja, uh, started first. She actually came to me. They didn't realize that I sold Cutco. They knew we had Cutco. But my daughter came to me and she said, Dad, what do you think about this opportunity? And I read, at that, this point, it was an ad on Instagram. And I read it and I said, that looks very much like the, the bandit sign that I saw 25 years ago. <laughs> That's Vector Marketing. That's Cutco. Go check this out. I said, uh, I think you'd be really great for it. And she was. Then my son, Jackson, started to watch her. And at this point, he was only a junior in high school. And he goes, wow, I can do that. And we said, well, why don't you, uh, why don't you apply next year and see if you get it? And he did the second semester of his senior year. And they got, he got started right around spring break. And Mike Abramowitz, he was starting a new office in Tampa. He had another office in Largo, further part in the Tampa Bay area. But he needed that one person to kind of build the company around. And Jackson went in there. He sold $10,000 in 10 days, made his $2,000, then became you know, the poster boy for Mike's office, which is now what I understand is the number one office in the country. And Boy, I tell you, I've been to some of those meetings. I can see why Mike is a killer. He is just, he is such a great motivator. And to manage college kids and high school kids is like, you know, Dan, like herding cats. And he does it masterfully. So big yeah. shout out to Mike Abramowitz. Hey. Indeed, indeed. He's, a, he's a, a great success story in our company of growth and development. So, and your, so your daughter, your daughter must have been at UCF in 2017. College football national champions, right? College football national champions. We'll take it. Uh, we're gonna, <laughs> <laughs> I was at the Peach Bowl uh, that year, and uh, there was a, that was a, that was a blast. She wasn't there at UCF at the time, but uh, she went uh, the following year. Okay, now the Peach Bowl was the year they destroyed Auburn right there and That's completed it. the undefeated season. We just pissed off all of the Auburn fans and all of the Alabama fans at the same time. And uh, I'm I'm good with that right now. I'm well, you know, UCF's uh, cool. not in the top 25 <laughs> right now, so uh, they could take solace in that. Yeah, it's a different year this year, but it was pretty cool to see them that year. I wish yeah, they'd but. I wish they'd give them a shot to play in the 
in the uh, you know the the uh, CFP. Anyway, that was cool. So uh, you know you've seen your kids develop here. They're in college. You've had a lot of great success. What do you think are the most important skills for young people to develop if they want to succeed in the marketplace today? That's an awesome question, and this is something that has taken me to tremendous heights. Whether it's yesterday, whether it's today, whether it's in the future, the fortune is in the follow-up. That's where the fortune is. And it's so simple, yet many people don't do it. You know, today, especially when you've got text and you've got email, and if they're not ready to consummate the sale right then and there, the next logical question is, is this something that you are still considering for the future? Yes. When should I give you a call back? Would a month make sense? Would two months make sense? And they will tell you. And you put a reminder in your phone, it comes up that day, and you take the five seconds to send a text, hey, Jane, this is Mike Vega with wherever, just touching base. How are things coming along on your end with whatever they were going to purchase? And they might say, just not interested anymore. Or, you know what? I'm so glad you reached out because next month, I'll, uh, I'll be in a position to buy. And I've gotten sales one year later, two years later, three years later, just by putting somebody in my reminders from six months from now, having you know a few texts back and forth. I just can't tell you how much money has been made in this office from follow-up. That's a great point. Th- there's a, a concept that I, I would call cementing the connection. And follow-up is how you do that. You cement the connection. It makes it solid where people will remember you and you stick out in their mind. And it's so key in any sales industry for Cutco reps, if there's any Cutco reps that's listening, this is especially important with those customers who bought like one or two or three pieces because those are the customers that are going to be using their pieces for everything they're going to have thoughts from time to time of, you know, oh God, I wish I had a bigger one of these, or I wish I had a different shape here or whatever. And the rep that cements the connection with them is going to get those follow-up orders, is going to build on it, is going to wind up having that customer purchase, you know, $1,000, $2,000, $3,000 worth of stuff from them over a lifetime and maybe get into gifting Cutco and it could turn into an even bigger customer. So cementing the connection is so key. It's so true. And if I had text back then or what I would tell people that or Cutco reps that have the opportunity now that we have technology, after you leave that person's home, send a nice long text, send something that will, when you text them back in six months and go, wait, who is this? And they can just read that text before. Oh yeah. Oh, I remember how that person made me feel. Yeah. Hey Mike, how you doing? Mm. Good to hear from you. Great point. Great point. And just really expressing appreciation for their time is one of the things I think is, is critical in that initial text that lets people know that you're grateful for them just for their time, not necessarily for something they might have bought, but that time they spent with you, uh, you really appreciate that. When you show people you value them in that way, it really does make a difference. So great insight. Mike, as you look into the future, what are you most excited about? So uh, with Unfair Advantage Events UAE, In 2019, we were ranked the 42nd fastest growing company in the Tampa Bay area by the Tampa Bay Business Journal. So my goal in the next two years here is to get on that list again uh, with Homestead Road. So so we'd have two companies on the Tampa Bay Business Journal Fast 50 
And that's a professional goal of mine over the next couple of years. But personally, just to keep growing, to grow as a person, a businessman, to continue to be a great husband, father, grow from those relationships, grow with those relationships, and spend as much time with family and friends and uh, enjoy the little things in life and just try not to you know, get bogged down with the, the minutia, as they say. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. Mike, it's been great getting to know you today. I feel like you've added a lot of value for our audience. Thanks so much for all of your stories and your insights. I appreciate having you as a guest on the podcast. Dan, pleasure's mine, man. Thank you so much. All right. Mike Vega, everybody. I had fun getting to know that guy, having that conversation. That was pretty cool. I like the concept of learning the feel of selling that Mike talked about and the value that comes in being able to practice the sales process repeatedly uh, that we get when we are Cutco reps. If you aspire to be in any type of sales career down the road, pharmaceutical sales, medical device sales, real estate sales, the practice that comes through the Cutco process is so, so valuable. I, I've had a rep, uh, several reps get into pharmaceutical sales, one of whom became the rookie of the year in her company, others that have gotten into medical device sales. Another one of my alums uh, from my own family tree in Cutco was the number 10 realtor in the United States for the last year, over $400 million in volume for the year. The practice, the feel you get from selling Cutco is so important for selling and influence down the road. I love that Mike was willing to, to risk leaving medical equipment sales to get into the real estate training that he did. Uh, he left to pursue something that was in line with his passion, what he wanted to do. The idea of finding a mentor for success applies certainly in the real estate investment business and, of course, in virtually every business. Who are you surrounding yourself with that is an example of who you want to be, who can not only teach you, but help guide you and lead you, pull you along in the direction that you want to go? Of course, toward the end, Mike talked about the future is in the follow-up and the importance of making connections and cementing the connection, which was the words that I used. I really want to make sure all of you have a free resource that I have put together. It's a workbook on connecting with others. It describes this exact concept of cementing the connection through follow-up, along with a variety of other things that can help you. If you go to my webpage, dancassetta.com, spell it right, one S, two T's, D-A-N-C-A-S-E-T-T-A. Right on the front, you can see there's a, a spot where you can click to receive the workbook for free. Take a look at that. You'll occasionally get some other free resources from me and from some of our amazing guests on this podcast uh, if you sign up there to do so. I want to thank Mike Vega for this great interview today. I want to thank Mike Abramowitz once again for making the connection. If you're a loyal listener and you know some awesome Cutco alumni who you feel like would be great for the podcast, I'm always open to receiving those recommendations from you. Uh, so feel free to uh, connect with me on social media uh, to let me know if you have some thoughts on that. I appreciate your support of the podcast. Thanks for listening. 
If you enjoyed today's episode of Changing Lives, Selling Knives, please consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player and hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. For access to guest bios, show notes, and other resources, visit changinglivespodcast.com. You can sign up there to receive valuable resources for free from people featured on the podcast. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives.